Hi, everybody. Welcome to mini episode number three of Attendance Bias. I am your host, Brian Weinstein. Mini episodes of Attendance Bias feature a breakdown of a single song or a single jam from a show that I've attended. I'll give a little background information about what makes the song or the jam so special to me, and then we'll dive right into it. These mini episodes are posted on a bi weekly basis in between full episodes of Attendance Bias during which a guest and I will go over a full fish show. Today's mini-episode features Tweezer from July 31st, 2009 at the Red Rocks Amphitheater. This was the second show of the band's four-night run at the fabled amphitheater on the second leg of their 2009 summer tour. And this was the jam that truly let me know that Fish was back for real in 2009. Summer 2009 was a great time to be a Fish fan. The band had returned from their five-year breakup, and lots of us who were in our early 20s at Coventry, I was 21 years old at that festival, a lot of us had slightly grown up and possibly even matured into finding stable income, significant others, and might have even started to think about our lives beyond the next Fish tour because, well, there weren't any Fish tours coming. Sure, there were dozens of artists and jam bands to fill the void left by Fish, but none of them ever reached the same level of popularity or artistic achievement. So even though I loved going to shows by Robert Randolph and the Family Band, Moe, Umphreys McGee, Dark Star Orchestra, or any other number of mid-level to upper mid-level jam bands, there's always that hole in my heart, and I'm sure every Fish fan's heart wondering and just maybe holding out a tiny bit of hope, when are they going to come back? I had changed a lot, though, since Fish called it quits in that really gross, muddy field in Vermont. In 2009, life was good for me. I was cohabitating with my girlfriend. I began my professional career as a teacher. Seinfeld was kind of, sort of, back on the air through Curb Your Enthusiasm, and the Yankees were on their way to the World Series. By October of 2008, once Fish announced their return, things could hardly get better. And I was pretty lucky during Fish's return. I got tickets to as many shows as I could manage in 2009. And through luck or divine intervention, my girlfriend and I got tickets for all four nights of Fish's return to Red Rocks through the Fish ticket lotto. I had never been to Red Rocks before. I had never even been to Colorado before. This was the kind of adventure I'd been dreaming about since I first discovered Fish in the mid-90s, and I was so thrilled that now I was actually making it happen and that I had the means to do so. Before we were ready to go, I remember thinking surely that they would deliver an all-time show during their return to, well, one of the all-time venues in their history, which at that point they hadn't played in, I believe it was, 13 years, if I have my math correct. Before Red Rocks, though, I attended one of the nights at Hampton, all three nights at Jones Beach, though next night at Great Woods, and while all of these shows had their high points, for example, the ghost from night two of Jones Beach is still a keeper, and the third night of Jones Beach featured a really gorgeous If I Could, but still there was something missing from that early summer tour. Really big, creative, exciting jams. If you listen to this podcast frequently enough, you'll probably hear me refer to 2009 as a recital. And when you break it down, the word recital has the connotation of being boring, but that's not really what I mean. 
Recitals are literally musical recitations. It's when you perform a piece exactly the way it's written. And I think that's what Fish was doing for the majority of 2009. There are exceptions, of course, but for the most part, Fish was reintroducing themselves and the fans to their songs by playing them almost exactly as written. I mean, remembering how things went out in 2004 when songs were carelessly botched or some of them were entirely avoided because of their complexity, it would make sense that the band would take extra care to perform them well and, well, maybe wait for the jams to come to them. By the middle of the summer, though, I was hoping that they would come a little sooner than later. It's quite possible that there are some major jams in the first half of the 2009 summer tour, but they went by me at the time, and I often don't think to go back to 2009 these days. At the time, though, the first night of Red Rocks was thoroughly enjoyable. I was completely taken in by the venue and its surroundings, and their rendition of Billy Breathed especially made me feel completely at peace with the world. I have some really great crystallized memories of just turning left, turning right, looking in front of me, looking behind me, and just taking in this gorgeous natural amphitheater while that beautiful song played in the background. However, it was the next night's tweezer that would really make me feel like Fish was actually back. The composed section of Tweezer doesn't really offer anything new or interesting other than the fact that it's obviously tight, they're practiced and poised, but you could really interchange it with any other number of Tweezers before and after this one was played. But after five minutes in, from the very beginning of the jam, Page moves right to his synthesizer and my ears immediately stand at attention. From that moment all the way to the present, I love when Page plays with these sounds. Other bands have used synthesizers for decades, obviously, but Fish somehow makes it sound fresh, and at the time, it was really something new and refreshing. bit later, Trey begins the central riff of this jam, the centerpiece that the next six or seven minutes will focus entirely around. It seems like it occurs to him immediately. It's melodic, it's danceable, and it even sounds complete as if it were bouncing around his head before they started the jam. Trey repeats this awesome riff, and then Paige comes back in with his synthesizer to back up Trey, and I'm already starting to smile because I know that they're moving away from the tweezer and they're starting to develop something completely new, original, and exciting. (laughs) ¶¶ 
About eight minutes in, there's this part where the band moves back and forth between the riff that Trey established at the very beginning of the jam and then this new blissful melody. And combined, it sounds almost like a complete song that was developing in real time right in front of us. Of course, that's what Fish does. It's what they do best. But at the time, it felt like they hadn't done it in so long. So when it started to take shape and form right in front of our faces and right around our ears... It was excitement beyond comprehension. then soon before it's over, a couple of minutes into the jam, they do one of their best tricks, which they, what they do is they take two or more parts of a, an established jam and then they slow down right in the middle of it and they kind of pretend that the jam is falling apart, like they forgot to play their instruments or something, like a controlled chaos. And I love when they do this. It's on the tweezer from a live one, plenty of versions of You Enjoy Myself and almost every jam probably from 1995. And if I know myself, looking back, I probably wasn't even dancing at this point. I was probably just standing completely still, listening super hard and smiling from ear to ear. And once it's over, they start wrapping up Tweezer by moving to this awesome, dreamy, ethereal melody in this three-quarters time signature. And even though this tweezer is just over 12 minutes, certainly not a monster by any stretch, it felt to me like they had rediscovered themselves and the rest of Red Rocks, the whole run would be gravy. I love fish for so many reasons. I'm a nerd for stats and patterns. I love teases and set list games. Uh, The strangeness of their music is very inherent to why I listen and love them. 
The community and the scene that's built up around them is undeniable. But I think what edges out all of those things are the jams. For me, a great jam during a show can elevate a mediocre performance to a great one. And when they came back in 2009, it's true, I was happy just to be there. But a great jam really could push things over the edge for me and leave me shouting from the rooftops why they're the greatest band in the world. And for a short while in 2009, I felt like those were missing. There was just one small puzzle piece that was not in the complete picture. And this tweezer from July 31st at Red Rocks put that last puzzle piece in to complete the experience. It's the absolute best. Next week on Attendance Bias, my guest is Elizabeth Beck, poet and author of the novel Summer Tour. Summer Tour is a young adult coming-of-age novel set against the backdrop of Fish's 2019 Summer Tour. It's a great book for young adults, actual adults, and really for anybody who's looking for a summer read or just an easy read. Elizabeth chose to discuss a very recent show, December 31st, 2019 at Madison Square Garden, Send in the Clones. Elizabeth chose that show because it helped her envision the end of her novel, and you'll hear all about it next week. Thank you for joining me today for the third mini-episode of Attendance Bias, and I hope that you tune in next week, too. I'm Brian Weinstein, and thank you again for listening to Attendance Bias. Attendance Bias.